Hey guys, welcome to the show, and before we get started, I have a very special announcement to make. As you may or may not know, we have been working in close partnership with LatinDanceCommunity.com for the past several months, and what we're actually doing moving forward is combining This Week in Salsa with LDC. What this means is you'll be getting the same great content, podcasts, interviews from myself and others in LDC, uh, but we're going to be going under the LDC branch, so instead of being This Week in Salsa podcast, it will be the Latin Dance Community podcast moving forward, and you may already see this update there in your podcasting service of choice. If you don't see that, I'm sure that change will be coming along shortly there. If you have any questions, you can reach me, still Rob, at thisweekinsalsa.com. And now on to today's show. Today I am speaking with Richie Kerwin of The Dancing Irishman as well as an LDC contributor. And we're talking about some of his recent posts. So if you read Richie's stuff, you'll definitely get a lot out of today's show. We take a deep dive into his most recent posts as well as some of his past posts going back through the archives. But overall, just a fun conversation. Hope you enjoy. Whip. I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. So you know how to walk. You know how to dance. You ever dance with the devil? Hey, Richie, how you doing? Not too bad, man. How you doing? Yeah, good, good. Glad to have you on the show. I'm glad that we get to talk about some of your uh, your brilliant writing here today. Oh, well, thanks for having me on again. Yeah, man, for sure. Uh, so what we are talking about today is your article, The Best Salsario You Can Be, Why You Aren't As Good As You Want to Be. And uh, for those of you who did not listen to my lovely rendition of that, how, what do you think of my Irish accent? Was it good? Your, your Irish accent was uh, surprisingly American. Um, it was... It was <laughs> It was very, very interesting hearing uh, something I'd written being, uh, being spoken with an accent like that. You know, you did a very good job, though. Was, what, what was at the, least you I, tried. I, I nailed that one word. What was, the, what was the one word I got? I'm trying to think yeah, of any words you might have like, like awesome or uh, I, there was some word where I like I really went all in on how I expressed and I can't. I'm looking through the article right now. Where was that? Freaking, the one word, you're freaking awesome that's why i said ah uh, yes yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the, the one word that stuck out in my mind when you yeah. uh i i didn't actually write a full word there i'm fairly sure i put in a, a pile of symbols f symbol 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 ing yep. and uh yeah you you managed to fill it in nicely with a uh, freaking there you know very very good americanism yeah not well, not personally what i would have said but you know i can't lose my rating on itunes you know because then you guys say it's restricted content <laughs> if you swear in it so no nah, i can't can't do that man but Tell me, what is, uh, what's this article about for those of uh, us who did not either reread it out loud on a podcast or listen to it or read it so far? Just like, what's, uh, what's the thesis of the article? Okay, for, for all the people who are, um, as of yet, missing out, so to speak. Um, yeah. So what I, uh, the title of the article, as you said, was um, The Best Salsero You Can Be. Okay, and I, I got into writing this um, uh, after thinking about a, an older article that I'd written quite a while back. Um, and that article was um, about the, the rule of 10,000 hours, okay? And the rule of 10,000 hours, basically, um, it, there was a book written by, by a guy called uh, Gladwell. And what it stated was that anybody who has achieved anything worthwhile in the field or basically the highest level of skill in their field has done so through putting in a huge amount of practice. And in that old article that I put in, I, said, like, uh, I, I kind of basically said that, you know, if you want to get good at something, you have to practice. And, you know, I still stand by, by that, that concept. 
Um, which I think most people would like. You know, it's obvious if you want to be good, you got to practice. It doesn't, it doesn't come easy. Um, but I read an article quite recently um, that had absolutely nothing to do with, uh, with salsa. It was uh, actually a, an article about powerlifting. And it was by a really, really um, interesting writer called uh, Greg Knuckles. And what Greg was writing about was... Sounds like the most intimidating a, name ever. This is a, this is a power Greg Knuckles, lifter. exactly. Yeah, wow. perfect for a guy yeah. who, who lifts weights. Um, <laughs> totally. So what, what Greg, a little, little bit of background on Greg, he, he's, he's got three, um, or he, he has previously held three different powerlifting uh, titles. Okay, so the guy is, he's an absolute beast. He, he lifts really, really heavy things really well, okay? Um, but the thing with Greg is, this article that he wrote quite recently about um, what it takes to, to break world records, he said um, that he has achieved everything he has uh, in the world of powerlifting, obviously because he's put in the effort to train and stuff like that, but because he's genetically gifted to do so. And he says that anybody in the world of powerlifting uh, is similarly, similarly genetically gifted and that there will always be, um, uh, you know, in any population, individuals who are just genetically capable capable of reaching, you know, far higher levels than anybody else. And I translated that over to, to salsa, basically saying that in the salsa world, there will always be individuals who, and like, you know, you, you probably know some yourself, like people who, who take up salsa and six months later, they are dancing like they've been, like they've been dancing for the past 10 years. Okay. We, we all know people like that. We all hate people like that because they're just so good. Um, and now, Greg, in his article, he didn't want to kind of discourage people, okay? Because Greg, he actually works as a coach. And he says that despite this, despite that some people having, let's say, um, a lower potential for, for their, their total development within the world of powerlifting, or uh, as we, we're looking at in the world of salsa, anybody who trains, anybody who puts in a bit of practice will get better. And they will get much better than, you know, from where they started. And I took that as something really, really inspirational that, you know, no matter what we're eventually capable of, we're all capable of improving. And that was basically the, the whole um, idea of my article. I, I think I've, I've basically said everything that we need to say now. I think we can, we can <laughs> probably cut this, uh, we can cut this interview. Okay, all right, thanks. Nice to I'm going to grab a power nap. Perfect. Lovely. <laughs> no, that um, the way that you said it in the article uh, really struck a chord with me for sure. Because I, I've read Gladwell's book. I've read Outliers. I actually just saw a TED Talk about the 10,000-hour rule as well with all the research from the guy from FSU. Uh, I forget the guy's name. I'm spacing on his name right now. But um, what, what I took away from it was that we too often compare ourselves to other people. And what's most important is to compare yourself to the previous version of yourself, which we Absolutely. too uh, – I, I certainly don't do that often enough. But, you know, man, it uh, reminds me – of one of my, my New Year's resolutions here is to try to compare myself more to my to myself than to other people. Not even I wasn't even thinking with my dancing until your article came out. More so with like business and professional success on on my you know non salsa stuff that I do. And what they said was a good trick to do that was you just take a yearbook. All right, you find a yearbook from the year like 1915. So class of 1915, college kids. And you look at these people and you realize all these people are dead and no one knows who they are. And they could be like super successful people, but at the end of the day, like we're all going to be dust. We're all going to be, you know, 
food for worms. So who really cares about comparing ourselves to other people, you know? And actually, I've been starting to do that where I, I look at like really old pictures of people. I'm like, oh, this person looks successful. I don't know who they are, but they look really successful. Um, but instead, it's really helped to understand for myself, man, like, yeah, it's, it's all about me. It's about me, 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 and how I can get better compared to myself, though. So it's not self-centered, because that's what you want to focus on. I'm just rambling now, man. You, uh, so so, yeah, so just, 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 just to get this, this straight, so what you do is yeah. you look at like pictures from you know, about yeah. 100 years ago, yeah. and you look at these people, and you say, ha, 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 you're dead. I'm not. <laughs> I'm doing much better than you. <laughs> no, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. I, I mean, understand. have you seen Dead Poets Society? It's like that. Uh, I haven't actually seen Dead Poets Society. Oh. That's on one of my lists of movies that I've got to see. One okay. of your lists? How many lists do you have? I have too many lists of things. <laughs> that, um, I'm, looking, I'm looking at a couple of lists in front of me right now. Groceries for tomorrow. Anyway, um, <laughs> but, but no, th- it, that is a really, really good point. Because as, it's a perfectly natural thing um, for us to compare ourselves to other people. Okay. And if, if we, if we speak exclusively in the world of salsa, yeah. it's perfectly normal to go to, let's say, go to a, a Congress and, you know, Congresses, you get a, you know, a lot of people coming together and you get a lot of fantastic dancers and you'll see somebody dancing and you'll look at them and you'll be like, wow, this guy is incredible. And then you'll stop for a second and then you'll start comparing yourself to that person. And you know, then you'll, you'll start feeling all down about yourself. And you're like, oh, I suck. I can't. Re- I can't do any of that stuff that that guy just did, and that's awful. That you know, it's fine to look at people who are good dancers and take motivation from it. Okay, and that's what I try to do. Is if I see somebody who's a fantastic dancer, I'm like, wow, this guy is really, really good. Um, you know, what 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 could I possibly learn from this guy? Or you know, maybe I could talk to this guy later and ask him what he does to practice or whatever. Um, but it's much better to compare ourselves to the previous versions of ourselves. So like. The best way to do it is like, you know, if I, if I compare to myself the way I danced or <laughs> the way I danced in inverted commas before I started dancing salsa um, and the way I danced before that was, uh, you know, just doing the, the Irish, Irishman, you know, two step shuffle, you know, one to the side. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm a completely different dancer from back then. Like I, I can, well, I'd like to think I can dance now. And that's the way we should as people compare ourselves, like, you know, to what we were like before. And the way we are now, so, because I think that's a much healthier way of doing it. Well, tactically speaking, though, how would someone do that? If you were to talk to someone and say, like, listen, I, I have this problem of really comparing myself to other people. I want to do what you're talking about in this article. Tactically speaking, what are some things that they could do to build that mindset to just naturally start comparing themselves to their prior selves? I have a couple ideas, but uh, what, what do you think? Well, I'm, I'm curious to hear what yours are. Yeah, one, that's just the stall, man. That's just the stall. The one thing I, I, I do myself, and it's, it's something I try to do on a lot of different things, is just to be simply conscious of it, okay? It, it, it's very, very important to kind of be aware of what you're actually doing, you know? So if you do go into a situation where, you know, you could immediately compare yourself with others, stop for a second and say, okay, no, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. Okay, I'm not comparing myself to other people. I'm not other people. I'm me. How am I, do- how am I doing now compared to the way I used to do? Okay, so it's just, I think being aware in a lot of different aspects of life is, is, is very important. Yeah, I do, going off screen here for a sec, I do this thing, I got these index cards, maybe you'll have to <laughs> see that. So one of them that you can maybe see, wait, that's it. So it says, 
have difficult conversations. And then, okay. And then, and then the next one, let's see what the next one is. Ah, ah, this is a good one. The most powerful force on earth is the human soul on fire. Yeah, that's a good one too. Anyway, you can make an index card really saying something like this. Like I only compare myself to myself on the dance floor, but I so, look at these every day. I think like what you're talking about with the awareness, that's been a good strategy for me just to look at something like that every day, regular basis and becomes part of your natural way of thinking because otherwise it's tough. Um, the other thing though was YouTube and like recorded videos. So I do have some videos of myself floating around there as much as I try to delete them. They just keep on resurfacing of me from 2009, 2010. I was God, God awful. And I look at those and that instantly makes me feel way better about my dancing where I'm at today. Well, that, that's a fantastic thing to do. And like video, videos are a great way to do it. I, I, I love videos as a kind of a, a way for, you know, as a way of practicing and a way for monitoring your own progress. I, I think they're spectacular, you know, yeah. especially if they're social videos that you don't know somebody's recording because <laughs> then you're, because then you're not like, oh, I'm on camera, quick, try and do everything right. Because then, you, you know, you, you kind of you lose a little bit of your, um, let's say, uh, the, the, the kind of the artwork that you actually put into a dance. Like, you know, it, it becomes more robotic. So when you're actually dancing on the floor and having a good time, when somebody gets a video of you like that, that's the kind of video that you want to, you want to keep. And you're like, okay, I'm going to keep this as a reference from how I'm dancing at, you know, whenever, like uh, February 2015. Sure. And then compare that to, you know, when, when did you start? 2009, was it? Uh, 2009. Okay, yeah, and like co compared to, to 2009 as well. I think I started in 2009 as well. Right. Anyway, it was a long, year. long time ago. Oh, Galaxy it was a big year Man, it doesn't even feel that long ago. You know, it feels like I should be better than I am right now. Do you get that? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. I know that feeling. So it's not just me. You know, I feel like I'm dogging. I feel like I'm not, uh, not practicing as much as I should. I'm feeling like I'm not dancing as much as I should. Not going to as many congresses as I should. So everything I feel like, I could just be better than I am now. And, you know, maybe that's one of those things that uh, people have to understand is that you could always be better, but... Uh, There's effort that has to be put in to get there. It, it is, man. It is. It's a lot of effort. And I, I try. I try. But, man, I, I always feel like I can be doing more. You know, but then where does it end? Where, where you become that, like, unhealthily obsessed salsa person? Well, see, the, the thing with, with salsa is, you know, you, you could become unhealthily obsessed. I, I'm actually kind of a, aware of some people um, who, you know, I knew who kind of got into salsa. And just like uh, I mentioned earlier, they improved incredibly quickly. But they did it in, let's say, not the, the most pleasant ways of doing it. You know, they, they took a huge amount of private classes and they focused extensively on their technique and stuff like that. And you know, I, I think you, you lose something um, if you kind of if you focus too much on, on on technique and you know not enough on the the actual fun side of, of dancing, which is you know why why we all get into dancing in the first place. We're we're out there to have fun, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, we I think we all a lot of people feel that you know they, they should be better than than they actually are. I know I definitely feel that way. But yeah. So what about uh, the the other thing I want to question you about is the premise that you know weightlifting. Yeah, there are genetic. Um, Genetic things there that make it where one weightlifter is going to be a lot better than another weightlifter. I get that. With salsa, mm -hmm. what are those genetic limitations? Because it's not, it's not the most physically demanding thing unless you're doing a very high-level performance team. Like in social dancing, the music can only go so fast. Perhaps your reflexes, genetically speaking, can be mm -hmm. different. But 
what do you see genetically different between like an Oliver and myself? You know, I, I, I think that would actually be um, something really, really interesting to look into. Um, there's, there's a guy in, um, I, I think he's in Kingston University. Um, uh, I, I could be wrong there. But he, he's doing research on salsa um, uh, as a form of exercise and actually the health benefits of salsa. He's got some really, really interesting research going. So, like, uh, he'd be the kind of guy who, you know, uh, should do a study like this. But uh, a study like that should be done. What I would imagine is the difference between, let's say, um, your average salsa dancer and, let's say, the, the, the elite dancers. Um, it possibly has something to do with speed and reflexes, like you've said there. Um, something to do with balance, I would imagine. They've just got um, a much better uh, sense of balance. Um, and they've probably got um, a different way of interpreting music. Um, a lot of studies uh, have shown, like, for example, um, in the, the general Chinese pop populace, uh, there is a, a slightly uh, higher proportion of people who are genetically uh, better at hearing tones. And, you know, Chinese is a tonal language. So these people are, are, are just better at hearing tones and reproducing them. Something similar could be happening with, you know, certain salsa dancers. They're just better at picking up a beat and, and they're able to handle it better. They may be able to interpret better. Mm. There's a lot of possibilities there. It's actually something like now that you mention it, it would be really, really interesting to look into. Um, but yeah, obviously, it's not going to be like the significant dif differences that you'll see in a weightlifter. You know, who, you know you've, got, you've got different body types, you've got different muscle types and different fiber types, which, which you know, directly correspond to being able to lift heavier things, you know. But yeah, that, that would be interesting. That, no, that would be. But yeah, you're right, because the difference between a top-level weightlifter and your normal weightlifter is big chunks difference in performance, whereas <laughs> probably like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, even like, like you and me, you know, we're not genetically predisposed to dancing salsa, at least I don't think I am. But if we work really, really hard, we can probably get a closer percent level to those elite dancers than I bet someone who works really, really hard at weightlifting can get to the elite weightlifters if they don't have those genetics. That's very true. But there, there's one thing that um, I, I, I kind of never touched on in the article, and that's that um, the difference between, let's say, a very good dancer and an elite dancer, like, like the top of the top, it's not huge, but it's still significant. Okay, you know, as in like, you know, you will see a huge amount of great dancers if you go to a good social. And you'll look at these people and say, wow, these people dance amazingly. But then you'll see, let's say, a performance done by like, you know, uh, like a, a Frankie Martinez. And your, your jaw will drop a little bit. But it's not a huge difference at all. Mm. But it, it's still enough to make a difference. And I, I think too many people, back to the comparing thing, they'll compare themselves to those elite dancers when there's no need to, because nobody, let's say, okay, I don't want to say nobody needs to be that good, but on a social dancing stage, you don't need to be that good at all, okay? You know, you, you, need, you need to be competent. <laughs> probably, probably, I could use a better adjective than that, but yeah, you need to be better than that. But you do not need to be, um, you know, an Oliver Pineda or uh, a Frankie Martinez to, to, to have a great dance, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, just curious, when you dance with someone new, they don't know who you are, let's say you're traveling to a different city, and you social dance with them, and at the end of the dance, they say, oh my God, you're such a great dancer. What do you say to that? I say, wow, thanks very much. Um, she's had a great dance with you as well. You, you, yeah. what, what are you supposed to say to something like Man, that? You know? see, see, what I say is I say like, wow, you need to get out more. Like you got to start going <laughs> to congresses because I'm not good. 
Like I, I, I can, I can get through a dance without elbowing you in the face, but I'm not good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I know. I, I, I just kind of, I, I was very, very bad at taking compliments in, in all aspects of life, um, a while back. So I kind of just yeah. learned that the easiest way to take a compliment <laughs> is just smile and say, thank you, you know, and, uh, kind of not dwell on it, you know? Sure, so, yeah. sure, sure. So I want to switch gears a little bit. We were talking about your post in LDC. Uh, so check it out. We'll link to it in the show notes here as well, but it's on latindancecommunity.com. I want to switch gears and go to the Dancing Irishman, uh, which okay. is your flagship. Uh, no pun intended <laughs> there. But there's an article you posted that caught my eye here uh, from back in November, actually, which is, uh, well, we're going to keep my rating here. So it's what to do when you F up while dancing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, okay. Yes, yes. iTunes. I don't want no trouble. So, what is this all about? I I can take a guess, but walk me through a little bit on on this article. Um. What? Well, okay. Basically, we all mess up, and we all mess up all the time. Okay. And if somebody tells you that they never mess up, they're lying. Okay. Straight off. Um. You know. When you're a beginner and when you mess up, messing up is the worst. You, you feel like it's the worst thing you can do. If you step on somebody's toe, you're like, oh my God, I've stepped on somebody's toe. That's it. I'm never going to dance again. You know, you can, you can really, really take it to heart. Um, but I, I feel that, you know, again, people are often too hard on themselves. I know I can be hard on myself as well. So I just wanted to write an article that kind of said that, you know, told people, we all mess up. Try and get over it um, and try and take it with a smile. Okay, um, and that was the kind of the basic premise of the article that I was going at. Yeah. Um, one, yeah, my, my main thing is when you mess up, you can let it, let, let's say it happens in the middle of a dance, you, you can let it kind of dwell and brew in your head for the, the remaining two minutes or minutes and a half of the dance, or you can just laugh it off and get back dancing um, and, and doing what you enjoy, which is, is my policy and what I, I tend to go for as well. Most of the time, you know, uh, when, when I'm following my own rules, you know? Yeah, sure. So here's a question then. When you, nah, I almost, I almost lost it. When you, <laughs> when you, when you F up at dancing, is it a good thing or a bad thing to F up? Right. So I feel for my own dancing, if I'm not effing up at least a little bit, then I'm maybe not trying hard enough you know i'm not trying enough new things in my social dancing but where's the line between effing up by stepping on a toe effing up by trying a new move that may not be fully cooked like wh where do you fall on that okay um this would this would go back to i i wrote another article about uh about stepping out of your comfort zone um and that's something that's essential for improvement if, if you want to get better you, you you need to step out of your comfort zone now so that means when you step out of your comfort zone mistakes are going to happen it's it's pretty much guaranteed um and those mistakes are good because you'll learn from them now i'm not saying step so much out of your comfort zone that you know you're basically apologizing every five seconds for you know a four minute song uh, that's that's probably not a good way to do it you know but you should be making a mistake or making mistakes relatively you know frequently enough that that you know you're improving or that you know you're at least trying anyway um like and like you said, what what you said there was really good. If you're if you're not making mistakes, you're probably not trying hard enough, or you're probably not learning anything new anyway. And if your goal is to learn something new, you know you you need to make mistakes. You know? Yeah, I think the real learning comes in social dancing when you're pushing towards this improvisational quality, 
which if you were just trying to go robot-like doing all these moves that you already know, it's the, the dance is already basically danced before you're done with the dance. Like you know exactly what you're going to do. But mm -hmm. if you have this improvisational quality, it increases certainly the risk of messing up and doing a move that doesn't make sense or feels awkward or something else. But that improvisational quality, I was just dancing the other day, and man, I did this move I never thought of, never dreamed of. I, I've certainly never learned it, but maybe through YouTube osmosis and other <laughs> variety of ways, I somehow did this thing that I would have never thought of doing if I didn't have this improvisational quality. And then, of course, I got all cocky and I tried something else and I, you know, stepped on her toes. So it, like, it, it happens. But I think having this improvisational quality in dancing, not enough people have because there is some pain associated with it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's why, you know, uh, especially with beginners, you, you, you'll see them dancing almost uh, robotically quite frequently because that's the, that's the easy way to do it. You know, you memorize a move, uh, you memorize a combination, you get through it and you don't need to think, you know, that little bit extra. Um, for me personally, uh, I've always found it very, very difficult, especially at the beginning, dancing shines. Mm -hmm. Because when you're dancing a shine, you're you're kind of like in completely uncharted territory because you know you're dancing hopefully with the music um and you're trying to interpret that um and you're not dancing with your partner anymore so any combinations that you have they're not going to ser serve you uh, anything at all and personally from my from my own experience i don't know any shine combinations i i probably should learn a few um but uh i i just kind of go out there and i just dance and i kind of listen to the music and give it a try and I know that sometimes I must like look like a real idiot when I'm dancing and interpreting the music in my own way. But it's it's something that you know you've got to do because I think when you get to a certain level in salsa as well, when you've listened to salsa music enough, the music does start speaking to you, and it kind of does say, "Okay, right, this is this is your your time to have a bit of fun. Play with the music right now," you know. And I, I think everybody needs to do that, but it's really really hard for beginners to do that at first because it is it is a big step. It's like you know, okay. Now it's all on me. You know, I, I, can't, I can't blame anything on the person I'm dancing with. No. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I saw a great YouTube video with Oliver Pignetti. He was doing a musicality class and this guy was filming him and it was just talking. It wasn't any dancing, at least from what I saw of it. And so what he was talking about was the music was really like this heartbeat, this highs and lows. And, you know, imagine like a, an EEG, no, not an EEG, whatever the thing is that shows your heartbeat, you know, <laughs> and, you know, it has the highs and the lows, but he was saying that a lot of people dance like they're flatlining, you know, it's just one line all the way through on the dance with respect to how they uh, interpret the music. So you're just doing your basic step, you're doing your patterns, but you're not listening to what's going on in the music to mm -hmm. do turn patterns, to do certainly there are places that are more appropriate for shining than others. There are the crescendos, there are these plateaus in the music, there's the endings, and a lot of people don't pay attention to those, uh, whereas there's just so much opportunity to interpret the music. And I agree with you. Shining, I won't say shining sucks, but if you're not good at it, it's like you're you're out there. I mean, you you can't hide behind the woman doing all these turn patterns and your your body, like what you're doing with your body, shows so much more in your shines. Like you could look really good doing turn patterns, look really bad doing shines, but I would doubt oftentimes that you would see the other way around. You know, shines seem to come after you get these turn patterns down. Just I don't know, maybe because there's that direct uh, direct result with a woman. When you're leading her through a turn pattern, you feel like there are these successes, whereas when you fail on a turn pattern, there's an obvious failure. Uh, shines, you don't really have that level of, uh, of result, I would say, with a partner. I, I, think, I think shines are something that are a lot more... 
um, natural uh, because you know there there is nothing for us to pre remember. It's just like it's 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 you moving your body the way you feel the music is kind of guiding you to do it. You know, and it um, yeah, like you said, there's no hiding behind a, a partner when when you're when you're doing a shine whatsoever. <laughs> no man. Well, cool. Uh, I think that puts a fork in it here for today. Is there anything else that you want the listeners to know about uh, either of these two articles or anything else that you've done in the past or anything coming down the pipe? Actually, yeah. Um, this uh, uh, I, I actually said this exact same thing to you the last time we did a, a roundtable with the, uh, the other uh, Latin dance community guys. As I said, I was doing an article on, um, on uh, tips for, for a lead but um, from, a, from a woman's perspective. Okay, so basically, uh, kind of how how to how to be a good lead, um, and I'm working on that at the moment. Uh, the difference between now and the last time is I've actually put pen to paper, so to speak, mm-hmm. and uh, I've made a start on the article and uh, done a, quite a bit of research with uh, their friend, uh, just asking them for them constitutes a good dance. So that article is coming up. It should be out if not next following week. Um, and I'm really, really looking forward to that one because um, I'm after getting some girls who I'm working with. So yeah, what yeah. is uh, what's a good email to uh, to get a hold of you if anyone has any questions about uh, that or other articles? If somebody wants to get in touch with me, easiest way Facebook. Uh, there's the Dancing Irishman Facebook, and you can send me a message on that, and I check that regularly enough because um, I did have a, a, an email address for the Dancing Irishman before which I checked really infrequently. And uh, yeah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> no. Well, so everyone uh, put some pressure on Richie and uh, just email him, let him know that you want to see that article out. Just uh, just lambast him on Facebook. Okay, lots of messages. Let him know about that. So otherwise, man, yeah, I appreciate you coming here on uh, on the podcast today, talking a little bit about what you've been writing here. I enjoy, as always, reading everything that you got, uh, both, reading in my mind and also rereading to uh to the podcasting audience here but i'm gonna work on my irish accent i think for the next one uh it'll either be really good or really really uh, embarrassing so one of those two it'll be like my shirts. Uh, i i'm, I'm going to go with the uh, the latter possibly um <laughs> but not rob uh, it, it was it's an absolute pleasure talking with you i always have a lot of a lot of fun doing these uh these little um uh on these little conversations so um yeah uh thanks very much for having me today absolutely cheers All right, man. Take care. Get down.